0: Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 65 of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Right now, as this episode releases, it's just days away from Christmas, so I want to start off by wishing you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas. In our last episode, I shared the replay of the message I gave at Restore Soul Care for Moms 2022 with you, and today I'm going to share the replay of my friend Noelle's message that she gave. Although we recorded when we had the event back in June, I think her message is so relevant for us as moms right now in the middle of the Christmas season. In case you don't know her, Noelle Rhodes is a comedian, a pastor, and she's a previous guest here on the podcast. We chatted all about trusting God's timing back in episode 28, which I will link for you in the show notes. She is truly one of my favorite people on Instagram, so go find her. I will link her handle here in the show notes again as well, but it's Noelle P. Rhodes. Friends, I know your time is always precious, but especially right now as we approach Christmas and the new year. So without further ado, be prepared to laugh and be encouraged by my very funny friend, Noelle Rhodes.
1: Well, it is great to be in the blessed and blazing hot Arizona. Andrea tried to warn me in her sweet little voice that she has. She's like, it's a little warm. You know, just be prepared. And I'm traumatized. Truly traumatized. I was thinking, you know, before Jess had you guys all give yourself a round of applause and you all were very really humble about it. You're like, yeah, I got out here tonight, but you need to really give yourselves credit because if I had to parent my children in these kind of weather conditions, no way. I, I this is, this is not a joke. I would tell my kids it's illegal to go outside between the months of May and October. I'd be like, School's out, we stay inside. We're not doing it. I mean, I'm from New Jersey, and we don't really do the outdoors usually. I mean, there's a few of them that do, and we call them weird, but I mean, we just don't. We don't even pump our own gas in New Jersey. Yes, thank you. We don't, we don't. They say it's illegal, but I think we're just like, it's too hard. We're by New York City, that's hard enough. We're not pumping our own gas. So this is crazy town, this heat. But I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm from New Jersey or just because I'm lazy, but I'm not really a person that likes to do hard things. Anybody with me? There are, thank you, right there. I saw that hand preach, have a witness. No, but it's true. Like there are women out there who are really ambitious and there's probably quite a few of you in here, but I'm not that way. Like I'm that mom that's not particularly secure. You know, I'm always like, what's everybody doing? Like, are we doing this? Are we okay? And I mean, I was that mom that had no idea that you don't give a, like an 18-month-old a whole grape, but you're supposed to cut it in quarters. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. And I remember like giving like my little 18-month-old daughter, by the way, right? I had a three-year-old who had whole grapes. And my friend was like, stop. Don't do that. You have to cut those in four quarters. And I was like, No. I'm not doing it. Susan, you have a twitch, and it's because you're spending 45 minutes cutting 12 grapes, trying to get it done before the end of a Paw Patrol episode, before there's mutiny in your household because the snacks aren't ready. It's too hard. So I just pretended that my kids were allergic to grapes for the first four years. That's what I did. Too hard. It's too hard. I'm not doing it. But I am really thankful that you guys came out here tonight, and I do want to acknowledge that you had to move mountains. You did. You had to leave crying babies with a 17-year-old babysitter who was only interested in learning the Wi-Fi password before you left. Some of you had to find your keys in a toy room that could be an episode of Hoarders. Some of you had to take the afternoon off from work to squeeze into a pair of spanks so you can put pants on with zippers. Sometimes I'll uh, do some stretches before I put spanks on because I'm at the age and the shape that you can hurt your back putting Spanx on. So I just wanna recognize that you guys, you had to move mountains to get here. And let's be honest, if you wanted a little me time, you wouldn't be here. You'd be at Target or Costco or Trader Joe's, whatever your poison is. For me, it's Target. and like when I wanna go, I wanna be by myself. So I have to sneak out of my house like a 16 year old trying to meet her secret boyfriend across town at like a shady gas station because if my teenagers find out I'm going, all joy is gone. I'm getting a list of 50 things they need for a science project that's due tomorrow. They want frappuccinos, it's no fun. So I have to sneak out. And sometimes, this is true, I'll go and I'll just peruse the aisles just blissfully. I'll have a cart, nothing's in it, just because I can, and I'll find myself just looking at things that you don't normally look, look at, you know, like auto care supplies. I'll just be st- staring and sniffing car freshener after car freshener because I can. I can, and a Target employee will come, and he'll say, ma'am, how can I help you? And I'll go, shh, Benjamin, you've done enough. Just providing this sacred safe space is what my soul needed. It's true. I love Target, because it's easy. I mean, where else can you find a breast pump and a Magnolia candle you don't need? It's like a little slice of heaven. And, you know, I like easy because I don't like hard, which made it a little bit difficult to be a missionary. A little hard. I think when God was calling me to missions, he was kind of like, ooh, I want her to do missions, but she doesn't do hard. She doesn't do the heat, so Arizona's out. She doesn't do bugs or spiders. That's a lot of the world. She doesn't do diseases because she's a hypochondriac. Where are we going to send this one? Okay, we're going to send her to Northern Ireland where it's beautiful and there's sheep and organized crime, but she's from New Jersey, so she'll be comfortable with it. So that's where I went with my husband and two small, wild children. I do not have kids that sit down and read books themselves. You people who do should be scared because those children grow up to be serial killers, I don't care what anybody tells me. Those children who just entertain themselves, something's wrong with them. But my children were especially wild. Especially wild. I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna happen. I remember the first time I ever decided that like, I wanted to be a mom. Um, I mean, this is so true. I remember I was at a church picnic and there was Beverly Kramer. Beverly Kramer. I'm not, like, being funny. She really is the perfect mom. She was standing across the field. She had a beautiful picnic blanket. And her three kids were sitting on this picnic blanket. And they were all under the age of five. And they were just entertaining themselves. And there's Beverly with her cute little J.Crew jeans. Because, you know, that's when J. Crew, if you were wearing it, you were going places. So, like, she was wearing these cute little jeans. And they were just, like, they would, like, crawl off the, the picnic blanket. She'd go, okay, come back on the blanket. And the baby would just, would go. Listen the first time, and I remember looking at that, and I remember calling my young husband over, I'm like, look at that, look how cute that is. I'm like, I could do that. And he's like, we could do that in our sleep. We never slept. We never slept, because we had wild children. In fact, my oldest was so wild, when we were in Northern Ireland, we had to put him in nursery school at age three, because it was like a rule, like it was like mandatory that you put your kid in like a nursery school at age three. And so we put my son, Silas, in a nursery school. And from the very beginning, this child hated school. He was very unsettled, he cried a lot, he had some other issues going on, and every day I got a note home from school. There's some moms in this room that probably have enough notes they can wallpaper their dining room with, right? I feel you, I have that child and it was tough because we were in a new country we're in Northern Ireland I didn't really know a lot of people he was my firstborn and I just felt like I didn't know what was going on and what what was I doing wrong why wasn't this kid just settled in school why couldn't he learn the songs and be a part of the crafts I mean I remember one time I picked him up from school and the teacher said hey Silas escaped the class today broke into the teacher's lounge and ate all our lunches. There's 27 teachers in our school, and I'm like, I don't know if I should be disturbed or proud. <laughs> he is Italian-American, no. But I, I, it was always something every day. I mean, when your kid gets in trouble every day, you start to think something's wrong, and it's probably me. And I remember this one particular day, I had my little 18-month-old daughter, who was also wild, And I put her in the car seat and we're driving to the nursery school and I'm like, please, God, please, let it just be not a big deal today. And of course, this day, the teacher was waiting outside like at the curb, okay? Like before they let everybody out. And you know, when the teacher's waiting for you outside, not good, it's not good. It's not gonna be good news. So I get my little Olive out, that's my daughter, I get her out, I'm like kinda like, okay, here we go. And the teacher's like smiling really big, so you know it's really bad. Hi, Mrs. Rhodes. But she had a cool Northern Irish accent, which I won't i won't butcher it because I love them too much. She's like, hi, Mrs. Rhodes. So, Silas, well, I just want to let you know he had a really tough day. And I was like, okay, what do you do? She's like, oh, no, no, he just was crying and he was so unsettled and we we're trying to do song time. And it was just, oh, the poor wee man. We didn't know what to do. So I just, I gave him a wee nurse and he felt better. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, I gave him a wee nurse and he felt better. So it was a better day. And I was like, okay. And I took my kid and I'm like, all right. I grab Olive, I get Silas and I go, did she just mean to tell me she breastfed my child in preschool? And so I get Silas to put him in the car and I'm like driving. I'm like, do they? Is that, like, a thing you do here? Is that, like, part of the curriculum? Now, I'm not thinking this is funny. I mean, you can laugh. But I'm, like, starting to cry. And I'm like, I never breastfed him. And it was true. I never did because, well, I, I, I tried. I really did try. But it's hard, guys. People are like, it's so easy. It's natural. Baloney. Not true. It was so hard. And all my friends were like, you have to breastfeed because children who are bottle fed grow up and become felons. It's a scientific fact. And so like when he was little, I tried to breastfeed him. It was too hard and I was like losing my mind and even my midwife was like, a happy mom is a good mom. So I started bottle feeding him but I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed that I used to take him during church and I'd go into the bathroom and I would bottle feed him in the stall because I didn't want anyone to know. I know that's sad. So to find out that the preschool teacher in a Northern Irish school is breastfeeding him because he's so messed up, right? He's so unsettled, but her breast is best. And I'm not, apparently. I was losing my mind, okay? Losing my mind. I And I was so upset. I'm like, I'm not even going to call Troy my husband. Because I was like, no words. So I'm like, what do I do? I need to know. Like, is this a thing? Is this what's going to happen to Olive? Like, I need to know. So I didn't know anybody. There was this one really friendly woman at this new church that we were serving at. And I drove to her house because she was the only house I'd been to. And... I had my son, Silas, who's three, my daughter, Olive, who is just a little toddler. And I knock on the door and my friend opens it up and I'm just crying and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, dude, your teachers breastfeed your kids here in Northern Ireland, is like that a thing? And she's like, no, come inside. And we put Peppa Pig on, did you guys watch Peppa Pig here? Oh God bless you. I am thankful for Peppa Pig, it got me through some stuff. But like, we put Peppa Pig on, we gave them biscuits and she's like, okay, no, that's illegal. We don't do that, okay? What happened? And I'm like trying to tell her. She's like, you know what? We actually need to we need to call the police. This is like a violation. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so she goes, all right, tell me the whole story. I'm gonna write a report. And so I start, and I'm like, okay, I drove up to the school. She was outside. She's like, okay, that's weird. You knew something was wrong. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, then she's smiling, and she's like, creepy. That is so creepy, Noelle. And I'm like, and she told me that Silas was having another bad day at school, and he's so unsettled. And why is he so unsettled? I don't know what's wrong. What am I doing wrong? But she said that she was able to calm him down because she gave him a wee nurse. And my friend's like, okay, well, when did she say that she breastfed him? I'm like, she gave him a wee nurse. She's like, huh? I'm like, huh? And she goes, wait, wait. Does like wee nurse mean breastfeed in America? And I said, yes. She goes, it means to give someone a cuddle here. And I felt so dumb. I also felt like, whew, just almost sent someone to jail. That would be quite a saucy teacher go to jail story, right? But I felt like... I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it, and I'm going to need some people to help me, because I don't know what I'm doing, I don't, and I know that we're here, and we're here to be encouraged and all that stuff, but restoration has a lot to do with being together, too. And making some mom friends. I mean, I think that find your people thing is awesome. If I lived here, I would go to it. Because you need some mom friends in your life. Or you're going to be calling the cops on teachers. It's true. You need those people who are like, come inside. Put Peppa Pig on. Here's a cup of tea. Let's put someone in jail today. Oh, wait, no. No. We're not going to do that. But are you okay? And I was able to sit at this woman's table and just cry my eyes out and just be like, will you be my friend? Because I don't know how to do this. And so tonight, we're about to take a little break. I want to encourage you, if you brought some people with you tonight, some friends, I want you during the break to turn to them and give them a we nurse. No, don't do that. No, honestly, not honestly, but honestly, I want you to thank the people who brought you here tonight or came with you tonight and just say thank you for like keeping me sane. And maybe when we go on the crazy train together, at least we're not alone. So I hear there's some Italian-Americans in the house. There you are, being loud, thank you. Representing, it's great to be here. Where's the New Yorker? I'm Italian-American, I'm from New Jersey. I had a really weird kind of childhood because my parents, both Italian and American, they got radically saved in their late teens. And so when I explain like to people what my childhood was like, it was like if the Sopranos and Seventh Heaven had a baby. We went to church, we love Jesus, we'll cut you if you hurt our family. No way. So, yeah, I mean, I remember like growing up in New Jersey, and I lived in Essex County, and most of my friends were either Catholic or Jewish, and I was so jealous. Oh, my gosh, because the Catholics, they make tons of money during your first Holy Communion and confirmation, and, and my Jewish friends had these beautiful bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. They would make thousands of dollars, and I'd be like, Mom, what do the evangelicals get? You know, when I get baptized, what's happening? She's like, you get a pizza party and a new Bible. That's it. So it was tough. It was a little weird. But I I love being from New Jersey. I love being Italian American. I love the fact that my first introduction to Jesus was through the voice of a New Jersey Italian American woman, which is my mother. And my mother is a little, t- like just a tiny bit taller than me. And at first when you meet her, she's kind of quiet. But like I said, she'll cut you if you hurt one of her own. And for my mom, there's only one thing that is most important, and that's food. She would tell you, if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, don't serve enough food. That is the greatest sin that you could ever commit. We once went to a wedding... Where the bride and groom ran out of chicken and my mother was like, this is, this is not okay. It's not okay. And we talked about it for years. But for me, it's true. It's true. That one wedding 12 years ago. I mean, even actually one time my grandfather went to a wedding where they only served sandwiches and punch. In New Jersey, the New Yorker just lost her mind because she knows what I'm about to say. In New York, New Jersey, we have really ridiculous weddings. We have like mirrors on our ceilings, chandeliers. And that's right. I guess he went to a wedding when there was like sandwiches and punch. And he literally went to like the gift table, pulled out the card, took the card and took money out and said, we got to eat tonight. This is not enough food. He did that. So it's very important. (laughs) Food's very important. But there's one Bible story that I would say a lot of Italian Americans from New Jersey do not understand, and that is the story of the five loaves and two fish, because why would Jesus ever take people to a place where he knows there's no food, right? When I was a little kid, and I would be in Sunday school, I used to love that story because we always got like little saltine crackers, five saltine crackers, two Swedish fish, and it was like the greatest day in Sunday school. It was awesome. And I, I love that story, but I I think about it now as a mom. And here Jesus is. He has all these people there, a whole huge crowd. He says 5,000 men and their families. That's a lot of people. To not have food, That's not that's not good. And he turns to Philip, who I believe had an Italian-American mother. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know why. But he turned to Philip and he says, you know, what are we going to do with these people? They're hungry. And Philip like freaks out. He's like 200 denarii would not even buy enough bread for all these people. And I think Philip was so freaked out because he knows his mother would come and beat his butt if he was a part of this. Right. But then Jesus is there and Andrew comes and he's like, hey, there's a boy here. He's got five loaves, two fish. I don't know. And Jesus takes it. He blesses it. And bada-bing, bada-boom, miracle happens, right? 5,000 men and their families are fed. It's a miracle, right? But I always think, now that I'm a mom, I'm like, who gave that kid five loaves and two fish? A mother did. Because what adolescent boy do you know has a uh, brain developed enough to think I should pack myself a snack for this event, you who have teenage sons, know what I'm talking about, right? It had to be a mother. And I'll tell you what happened. Okay, that morning, little Anthony, because that's who he is, all right, woke up and his mother said, Did you have enough to eat a breakfast? And he said, Yeah, Ma I ate enough. And she goes, You know what? You should take something with you. You should take something with you. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to go out there. You're going to listen to Jesus. He's going to be very inspirational. You're going to lose track of time. You're going to be somewhere where there's no food. And then you're going to get hangry, Anthony. Your blood sugar is going to drop. You're going to get lippy with your father. Your father's blood pressure is going to go through the roof. He's going to come home. He's going to have agita. He's going to be in the bathroom all night long because his IBS is acting up. I'm not going to get a lick of sleep. I'm getting my hair done tomorrow, Anthony. You're bringing five loaves and two fish with you, okay? You don't want it, you could share with it, all right? You could share with people. And that's what happened. I know it's not in the Bible, guys. I have to say that because it's like a Christian thing, but it's not in the Bible. It's just in my mind. But somebody gave that kid five loaves and two fish. Somebody cared enough for that kid to give him five loaves and two fish. And they didn't know. That Jesus was gonna make a miracle out of it? And so, what I wanna say tonight is there's some of you who have walked into here and you feel like the things that you're giving your kids, your babies, your toddlers, your teens, your college student, the kid that's grown up, you feel like what you have to offer is not enough. It's just five loaves and two fish. But I wanna encourage you tonight that in the hands of Jesus, there's a miracle. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, I know we're laughing, but I know that there's some of us here who feel like we don't have enough money. Our house isn't big enough. The marriage is not strong enough. My faith is not strong enough. I don't have the wisdom to help my kid through this situation, but I'm going to give them the five loaves and two fish I have. And I want to encourage you that when Jesus comes across what you've given to your kids— not only is there going to be a miracle in their life, but there's going to be a miracle in the lives around them. So be encouraged because I know that some of us are scrolling through Instagram, looking at what everybody else is doing and feeling sorry for our five loaves and two fish, but there's a miracle there. There is a miracle there. So I want to just, because I'm going to have to head out quickly tonight. I'm going to fly out tonight because that kid that ate everybody's lunches is graduating 8th grade tomorrow. And let me tell you something, that's a miracle from Jesus, okay? I wish that was a joke, but it's not. I only got one note home and he he actually ate all the teacher's candy. And that was what the note was. This year, 8th grade. Anyways, but true story, he ate all of it. I don't know why. We asked him why. He said, "I thought it was for everybody." But anyways, I'm going to fly out of here, but I want to just pray a blessing of the five loaves and two fish. Is that okay? So if you guys would just, you can close your eyes. You can I don't care, but I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to pray. Jesus, I, I thank you for every single one of the women here tonight. I thank you that you brought them here. I thank you, Lord, that every day they give their five loaves and their two fish. And they give them to their kids. And Lord, they don't know. They don't know what it's going to do, but God, I thank you that you're going to take what they've given and you're going to do a miracle in their kids' lives and the lives around their children. And I pray, Lord, for anybody tonight who's struggling with discouragement and insecurity and feeling like they're the loser mom in the room, I just pray that you'd break that off in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would give them just a spirit of confidence in you. And Lord, even if they don't know what the end of the story is going to look like or how everything is going to play out, I pray that tonight they would walk out of these doors knowing that in your hands, what they have given will be more than enough. I pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. You've been so lovely.
0: As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.